You're listening to Doctrine and Duty, podcast of Brian Ray, Senior Pastor of Alexander Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia, where biblical theology meets everyday Christian life. Greetings, beloved, in the strong and wonderful name of King Jesus. I hope you are having a great day, a great week, a great month, a great year. Fall is here. We find ourselves moving toward the, from the first, the beginnings of October, moving toward the middle time flies when you're having fun. Hey, it's great to be back with you for another episode of Doctrine and Duty. We're continuing along with the Say What series, or, you know, as some people say, what? Yeah, something like that. It's got to go high. I'm not sure how high I get or how low I get. I do know that I speak louder and quicker when I get excited. Uh, I have definitely gotten feedback on that. I apologize. It's just uh, kind of how I am. There you have it. But, you know, we could just say the devil made me do it. Oh, say what? No, he didn't. Yes, he did. I just did. But it ain't right. <laughs> so for our uh, episode of Doctrine and Duty, our Say What series this week, we are looking at the phrase, the devil made me do it. Uh, upon a cursory glance at the old interweb, uh, you find The Devil Made Me Do It is a 2021 movie called The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh, no, I didn't watch it. Um, no matter who told me to, I did not watch the movie. Um, prior to that, uh, just a couple years prior to that, 19, late 60s, early to mid 70s, and then it just kind of flourished after that. It is actually a quote, The Devil Made Me Do It, is a quote by comedian Flip Wilson. Uh, used as a joke on one of his shows, but it became wildly popular amongst the masses, all sorts of people, those who would be classified as both saved and lost. Now, sadly, since that time, many believers have employed it in their phraseology, in their communique, in their daily usage, uh, using it flippantly. I'm, I'm hoping for the baha-ha-ha-ha text meme right there. Flip Wilson, flippantly. I know if you have to explain it, it's kind of not worth it. But anyways, there you have it. Or, or some people not just using it flippantly, but, but very seriously. So question, uh, why would any believer ever say this? Uh, pride. Uh, I can't do anything wrong, so Satan must have told me to or made me do it. Uh, deceit, um, which is also kind of goes along with the third one, which is shifting blame. Uh, and specifically for believers, uh, all that can apply. But number four, poor theology. Just really, really bad theology, thinking that literally Satan can somehow make you do stuff. Uh, if you're saved, he can't. Uh, number five is loose morals. Uh, just, hey, I'm going to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it. And, hey, if, if I get caught, the devil made me do it. And then number six, uh, it shows, it displays, reveals itself in a shallow relationship with the Lord. Now, arguments uh, against the phrase. Uh, number one, it gives the devil too much credit. He's not omnipotent. Only God is. So he can't make people do stuff, right? Um, number two, it places too much emphasis on the devil. It's like talking about him, talking to him maybe. Who knows? So way too much emphasis on the devil, on Satan. Uh, and then number three, it, it could potentially lead to an unhealthy interest slash obsession with hell, demons, Satan, the occult, etc. Um, I actually know of people who got so caught up in the devil that they actually spoke to him 
Get out of here, you old devil. Leave me alone, devil, and stuff like that. So, yeah, not good. Not good to have a conversation with the devil, just, just in case you're wondering. Um, so blaming the devil or Satan, blaming the devil for our sinful choices is wrong. As a matter of fact, blaming the devil for our sinful choices is sinful. Uh, the question is, though, well, is this a biblical concept? Yes and no. Yes, it is a concept that is in the Bible, as you'll see in just a few moments. But no, it is not an accepted or approved concept <laughs> that is in the Bible. Uh, the blame game, you know, humanity didn't just just begin playing that blame game recently. Humanity started out, literally, playing the blame game. Humanity's gotten really good at pl passing the blame. Uh, no one has to take your kid and train them on how to pass the blame. Yeah, it just happens. Uh, they learn it. They watch us. They hear things. They know things. Now, I would argue that this concept did not begin in 2021. I would also argue this concept did not begin in 1970 with Flip Wilson. My argument would be that this concept began in Genesis chapter 3. Say what? I know, right? Genesis 3, 1 through 13. Here we see that Eve said essentially the same thing as Flip Wilson. Uh, so in Genesis chapter 3, we have what's called the fall of man or the fall. And um, it begins in verse 1 saying the serpent, obviously comes to be known as Satan or the devil. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And we give that to him. He is crafty. Uh, he is sly. He is sleek. Uh, he is deceitful. He is manipulative. He, he is cunning. Right? He's all these things. Well, you know the story. Um, the man and the woman uh, ate from the tree that they were forbidden uh, to eat from. And uh, let's just read it. It says in, in verse 1, He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? The woman said, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, nor shall you touch it lest you die. The serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Sorry, I like to say that word. Verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God said to the man, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman who you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. The woman that you gave me, God. So there's the blame shifting. It began way early. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. So almost literally, Eve says, The devil made me do it. Now, uh, since we know that this is something that believers should not say, uh, should not believe, etc., what scripture passages can help us combat this um, this terrible theology. Great question. So glad you asked. And and as you know, true to the name of the podcast, Doctrine and Duty, it has to do with doctrine. Has to do with your belief. 
And whether you're going through a, a glorious time in your life or a difficult time in your life, whether you're you're sick or you're mourning the loss of a loved one, or or you you just paid off your house or your rich uncle left you an inheritance, no matter what you're going through, just remember your theology should influence your emotions. But so many times as believers, we allow our emotions to influence our theology. Can't happen. It can. It shouldn't. Shouldn't happen. Uh, James one. 13 through 14, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Did you hear that? Did you hear Satan in there? Did you hear the devil's name in there? The part that he plays, or the devil made me do it? No, you didn't hear any of that. You see, we are a people who are depraved. Uh, we are sinful by nature and by choice. And so we're going to say bad things. We're going to do bad things. We're going to think bad things. And um, many times it's because we have sin in our hearts and lives, and we have a sinful nature, and we really don't need Satan's help. Uh, However, there are times, there can be times, when the influence of Satan can be a part of that as well. But Satan does not make someone do anything, okay, if you are a believer. Uh, Let's see, 1 John verse uh, chapter 4 and verse 4. It says, Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So that gives us good theology that God is omnipotent and God is way greater, uh, way stronger than the devil. So um, the devil can't make us do something. It's really cool because in our relationship with the Lord, God urges us, God convicts us, God challenges us, God leads, leads us by His Spirit. God doesn't force, God doesn't make us do anything either. So it really attributes a ton of power to Satan to say that the devil made me do it. Um, last question, are you ready for it? Is it ever true to say, or can the statement ever be true for someone, someone who knows who, to say the devil made me do it? And the answer, regretfully, is yes. Okay? Uh, there is one circumstance in which this phrase would be considered to be accurate. And we could look at multiple episodes um, in the Gospels, but I want to direct our attention um, at this time to Mark chapter 9. Beginning in verse 14, And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, What are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy. He fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. I love that phrase, by the way. 
And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. So the one instance where the phrase, the devil made me do it, could be accurate, even theologically, is during the instance of demon possession. So as I stated earlier, though, this cannot happen for a believer. You see, if you are possessed by the Spirit of God, you cannot be possessed by Satan. And same thing, if you are possessed by Satan, you cannot be possessed by the Spirit of God. Uh, Satan can manipulate, deceive, but he cannot force, coerce, cannot make you do something, right? But here we see a classic example of how Satan, through a demon inside this boy, threw the kid down. He made him do stuff. He threw, his, threw him down, threw him into the fire, threw him into the water, foaming at the mouth, seizures, all sorts of crazy stuff. And so this is a concept that can be true, but the only instance is with demon possession. So the devil will tempt you. He will entice you. Uh, he will poke. He will prod. He will push. He will deceive. He will lie. He will manipulate. But he cannot, he cannot make you do it. So, the devil made me. Th the devil made me do it. Hmm. I don't think so. All right. Hey, you know what? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day and for the opportunity we have to worship you and to learn more about you through doctrine and duty. Lord, give us good theology and let that theology shape our emotions and our actions, our thoughts and our choices. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that we would resist the urgings of Satan, uh, the temptings. Uh, the enticings, uh, the deceptions, the pushing and the prodding. Lord, that we would resist and we would stand firm in Christ and in the Word of God. Father, help us to, um, to pray and to be faithful to you no matter what, Lord. Help us to love you with our whole heart. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hey, listen, enjoy the fall weather um, and enjoy serving King Jesus. Check us out at Alexander Baptist Church here in Chesapeake or online at abch.org. Love you guys. Take care. Goodbye. You've been listening to Doctrine and Duty, a podcast of Alexander Baptist Church located at 4316 Pamela Court, Chesapeake, Virginia. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. and find us online at abch.org.